So if you've got your Bible with you, I want you to turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 5, the eternal word. That's the subject this morning, the eternal word, part 2. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Talking about who? Jesus. Listen carefully, verse 3. All things were made by, by Him, or through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. In him was life. In Christ is life. In him was life. And the life is the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. The word comprehend means to overcome. So let me read it in that context. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness does not overcome it. So we are without excuse. If we know Jesus, his light is in us. And we overcome because his life and light is in us. Amen? Is that what it says? In him was life and the life was the light of men. Amen. Amen. That's very powerful. Very powerful. And then I want us to go to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 19. Bump your neighbor and say, listen, it's getting gooder here for me as the truth comes to my life. <laughs> Amen. Think of this, the more truth you get, the freer you get. You get free from sickness. Why do you get free from sickness? Because truth has come. By Christ's stripes, I'm healed. If I'm healed, then I'm healed. Amen. Amen. So 2 Timothy 3, I'm actually going to back up to verse 15, and we're 16, 17. 2 Timothy 3, verse 15, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. I was thinking of my children again when I was looking over this passage of Scripture that I can truly say to them from childhood they have known the Holy Scriptures. It's a great privilege. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't go to church. I wasn't taught church. I wasn't taught about Jesus or anything. I have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. How much is all? All Scripture, not some. I've heard people say, yeah, but this is the, this is, um, men wrote this. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. 
if you allow doubt to come into the truth of God's word, you're going to battle in life. And it's profitable. Everybody say profitable. Legalism of religion is not profitable. The word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God, that's you, man and woman of God, may be complete, that's me, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. Now I want to, for a moment, I want to address just the young adults um, so you never get into that vein. This truth here, Paul is writing to Timothy, right? These letters are to Timothy, a young preacher. A young preacher. There's no age in the kingdom. Now, there is a natural age, obviously. But in God, it's got nothing to do with how old or experienced you are. It's got to do with how you believe, who you believe, and how obedient you are when God speaks to you. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Come on. There was another young preacher called Titus who was also a young man given to the church in Crete that Paul appointed. In fact, I think there were a total of about three that I'm aware of, of young men, young men. They were young and they were given the authority to run churches because wisdom doesn't come from intellectual books. It comes from the book, the Bible. And so God says, right, in Isaiah 11 2, what does it say? You're help though. Let me take you to the word before I quote it so you can see it for yourself. Isaiah 11 verse 2. I believe it's Isaiah 11 verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, talking of Jesus, and we in Christ, therefore the Spirit of the Lord is in us, right? We know that. We're baptized, born again of the Spirit of God. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the Spirit of God in them, but on them. But we are now born, the Bible says, of His Spirit, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So here we go, young adults, and you older guys that look a bit like me, you can also get in on this. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. See? Many believers live by the sight of their eyes, what they see, what they feel. Not by what the Word says. When we speak the Word, remember the Word of life, circumstances align 
with the word of life, not the other way round. But if you don't speak it, it doesn't happen. And be consistent in your declaration of faith over the world, over the word, sorry. So the world is currently in a very precarious place. A great deal of uncertainty. I was reading a business article this week where Reserve Bank of America says inflation's coming down and the economists say it's going up. Who do you believe? Well, says the analyst, I have all the charts. I've been tracking this for 15 years. And I'm not insulting their intelligence. They're doing the best. But you see, in God, it doesn't matter what the economy is doing. Because God kept three million people in the wilderness. Over the years, in my personal life, I have seen again and again and again, the Lord keep me, no matter what the economic situation is. And I want you to know, I wasn't living at the bottom of the barrel either. Now, that's our choice, remember? We're talking about the word of life. Amen. Amen. So what we find is that we have a media that promotes ungodliness. And that fuels deception. So people are deceived. I didn't say they want to get deceived, but they read the newspaper. Don't read that stupid thing. It's man's opinion. I used to read it. It's man's opinion. Now anything I read, I'm not discounting there may be a measure of truth. I read it for general information. But I filter it through the word of truth. Are you with me? So if I see lack, I speak the opposite. We're in the end times. I don't know if you know, Russia is currently persecuting preachers. Anybody that speaks against the Ukrainian war from the church is being pursued. They've had their houses invaded by the security forces. There's churches getting smashed down through the war. Beautiful old churches. So we deceived if we think that these things aren't coming to pass. But what I want you to see is that the word of life, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. I'm not saying we're irresponsible and take no cognizance of what's happening because the Bible requires us to pray. But if we don't believe, we're going to pray in disbelief. Do you know that the Muslims pray five times a day? I'm told by them. Are you with me? So praying's good, but not outside of faith. When you pray, you pray the Word of God. You don't pray your opinion. You pray the Word of God. Amen. Amen. What does the, what is the, world, the Word say? So we need to recognise that we are heirs and kingdoms. Kingdom heirs, not just heirs. 
And so what's important for us is that the kingdom of God doesn't function in uncertainty. I want, I'd like to say that about 10,000 times. There is no uncertainty in the kingdom. If you are uncertain, you're not reading the kingdom. Did you hear me? Now, I'm not insulting the fact that you may not understand this, but there is no uncertainty in the kingdom of God. God is not uncertain whether you should be healed or not. God is not uncertain. He said, seek first the kingdom instruction and then all these things will be added to you. Whatever those things are that you are uncertain about, the Bible says they are added to thee. I'm going to believe the Bible, not your faith. You got that? Are you with me? Are you with me? Stop living on make-believe. The confession that you make must be a confession that is based on the Word of God and that has substance. Much confession with no believing is futile. We've got to understand that. You with me? It's so very, very important. Let's go to the Word. I want you to look at this because I'm going to swing in and out of the end time because that's where we're living. I'm not speaking on the end time. I'm saying what the landscape looks like and how we don't have to be a part of that landscape. Thank God for that good amen. Luke 21. I want you to go there. Luke 21, God brings the word of truth to make us free. Free, completely free. Luke 21, verse 29 to 33. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. And they are, sorry, when they are already budding, you see and know for yourself that summer is near. Verse 31. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near, the coming of Jesus. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Family, do you have that conviction? Heaven, earth, things you see, will pass away, but by no means will my word not produce. It won't pass away. It is God's word that is keeping the earth on its axis. 
It is God's word that causes the sun to rise and to set. And so we could go through, it is God's word. I might stand on a few environmentalist toes this morning. I've lived for 69 years and I've never seen the sea increase beyond its boundary. I've seen storms, I've seen hurricanes, seen tsunamis, not seen, I mean talking about tsunami on television. Man thinking himself to be wise, he becomes as a fool. If you watch science, one side they say the ice is melting at the polos, south and north. Other scientists are finding it growing on the opposite side. Are you with me, family? This is all deception. It's an agenda. Do you think that God didn't know how much oxygen is needed in the earth? Do you think that God didn't know that cars were going to be created, that there would be carbon dioxide that would come forth? God have mercy on us. We created in the image and likeness of God, yet we carry on like a bunch of palookas. I'm not saying you shouldn't look after the environment. We are supposed to steward the environment. Okay? But there's an agenda of multi-billions at stake here. This is about money. Let's go again to that last verse. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now what is transpiring is the curse that was released in the Garden of Eden. That is intensifying, but that is a spirit of lack. That is a spirit of lack. I've noticed in my garden for 12 years now, the trees keep growing, they keep shedding leaves, pushing out new branches, new flowers. You're in, you're out. With the carbon dioxide, which they are eating. Without carbon dioxide, they die. Come on, you don't need a scientist, you need the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Because scientists can't stop sickness. I'm not against scientists. Don't go away here and then say over lunch, oh, he doesn't even like scientists. I like everybody. I just don't like their stupidity. Because <laughs> the Word says, thinking themselves to be wise, they become as fools. That's what the Bible says. You might go there, Lord. Well, he goes busy changing my message. Yeah. Must be some environmentalists in the, off, in the church. And I'm all for nature. Ask my family. If I could live in the bush, I would. Amen. But God, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10, but God has revealed this to us through His Spirit for the Spirit searches all things. How many things are all things? Yes, the deep things of God. 
For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Oh, you think that's just spiritual? Everything spiritual has become material. You didn't hear me. Spiritual things take on material. God spoke spirit. It manifested in an earth and all its intricacies. These things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. One of the primary men that pushed the green agenda lost the US presidential election. So he had nothing else to do, right? Because he had to make money somehow. Anyway, just for general purposes. <laughs> but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual with spiritual. But the natural man does not that's the man that has not been born again of the Spirit of God. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Listen to this. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. They discerned by the Word of God. But he who is spiritual, born of the Spirit of God, judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Look at verse 31. For who has known the mind of the Lord that they may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Come on, family. And we listen. The Bible says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Counsel. The ice cap is shrinking. The world will flood. There is a covenant from God that says the world will never flood like it did in the days of Noah ever again. <laughs> to them. Right? Come on, family. Come on. We become gullible because we don't allow the entrance of His Word, which gives light. We read this religiously instead of as a handbook for life. Hallelujah. Have you seen this? So God's Word teaches a completely different narrative. And that narrative is that heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will remain. So His Word is the catalyst for determining the quality of our life in Christ Jesus. Else. 
It's that simple. I want us to go to, um, or maybe before we go there, um, but my words, that word, words, is logos. It's the word logos. And logos is the divine expression of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the more this word, you spend time in this word, the more the divine expression of Christ is revealed to you, of who he is, the authority he walks in, his love for you, his completed work on Calvary that's been given to you and I by grace, by grace, not because we earned it, but by grace. And that divine expression of Christ is essentially producing something. Did you hear me? The divine expression of Christ produces something. But this is how it produces. It presses out or in. Now the Bible says we are in Christ. So it's not Christ that's increasing in us. He is. There's a bit of a paradox here. It's us decreasing. So he increases. And that's where man has a problem. Man wants to hold what he wants to hold. He wants to be in control. Well, he can be. There's two types of control. Appetites of the flesh, the natural man, or control in the spirit, where you frame your world according to God's word and the enemy will have no place in you. He will come and try, but he has no place. The moment you give doubt, way to doubt, he has a place. His voice will get louder and louder and louder. He'll get the circumstances to shout at you more and more and more until belief gets hold of your heart and you quit this. The Logos transforms us in contradiction to world standards. How many of you know, maybe you do know, they're trying to push the mask mandate back in. But science has proven it doesn't work. Are we not smart enough to see there's another agenda? Good Lord. Put your phone off, brother. I don't want to talk to your phone. Can you see this? So our life grows in contradiction to the world. Faith doesn't say it's not happening. Faith triumphs in spite of it happening. God told you the world's going to decrease. God told you men are going to become more immoral as the time comes for the coming of Christ. But the light of the church is to shine ever brighter. It's through our victories in Christ 
that people become aware, wait a minute, there must be something to this lifestyle and it's not religion, it is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ functioning in them daily. Amen. Matthew, let's go to, the, we've got a lot of scripture. Matthew, but I'm going to get through it all, all of it. But that doesn't mean you won't have lunch. I'll be finished before your lunchtime. Matthew 16, go with me. A scripture that you could probably quote, but there's people here that haven't read it, haven't heard it, or haven't thought about it for weeks. So I'm going to read it. Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19 says... And I, talking of Jesus, also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. That church is not inside mortar bolt. That is you. Remember, the ecclesia. It's called the ecclesia. And those ecclesia are the called out ones. Well, where am I being called to? Listen to the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the gates of Hades, that's hell more specifically, shall not prevail against you. Can we see that? In other words, they will not be able to stop you. Then Jesus says something further in verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What are keys? Authorities. He didn't say key. He said keys. So you can open and you can close. He said so. Not you, not me. He said so. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth, but not in 2023. See how ridiculous we are. Oh, I don't know what's happening now. Oh, I don't know what's happening now. I have a saying in South Africa. Every time we get to the precipice, precipice it doesn't sound very clear, Every time we get to the edge and it feels like the country's going to go, God goes. As long as the church prays. As long as the church. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name not the denomination called by my name will humble themselves and pray. He'll do what? Hear from heaven. And he'll do what? Heal the land. Oh no, that was in the Old Testament. I've just read to you, heaven and earth will pass away but my word will remain. So who's in control? Not the government of the day. They there by the grace of God. Come on, church. Come on. We need to see this. It's so important. Whatever you bind on earth, 
will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do we believe this? You should hear, you should meditate on these scriptures continuously. Some of you will have heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again because it bears repeat. I heard a so-called spirit-filled preacher say, and all this binding and loosing, don't listen to that rubbish. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to tell Jesus. I don't know what he's going to tell Jesus. Are you with me, family? Stay with the word of God. Here it is. So Jesus, Jesus builds us on the revelation of the redemptive power of his resurrection life. That's what he builds us on. A revelation is something that you see, you understand, you know how to activate. It's not just reading a scripture and you just read it by information for information purposes. It's where you get an understanding. You see it for what it is. You've got it. Surely you must have had this in your life. You read a scripture and you say, I've read this so many times, I've never seen it like this. That's revelation. That's what he's talking about. By the power of of the Holy Ghost, he does this. And then, when he's building us through the redemptive revelation of his resurrection life and power, it is associated with authority. It's not an intellectual state. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't tell me you can quote the Bible. Let me see the Bible daily in your life. Are you with me? Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They knew the law backwards and his word to them was, you put stuff on the people that you yourselves do not walk in. That's not where we are. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's go to another one just to show those who have never read this. John 11 verse 15, because I want to confirm what I've just said, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And now I want you to see, I want you to see this in the context of the church. Now remember, this is not condemnation. This is truth. Jesus said to her, Jesus has arrived with Lazarus. He's as dead as a doornail. And they think that he's already got a bit of a whiff, not a W-I-T-H, the other one. Because they say if we roll away the stone, he's already stinking. You ought to see it. Be, be graphic in your understanding of the Word of God. It's in this context that Jesus says he's having a snooze, he's okay. Come on. He didn't say snooze, he said he's sleeping. So he tells Martha, she's a good woman, very sincere believer. 
But according to Scripture, quite sincerely wrong when she responds to Jesus, when he says the following, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now in this case, he was physically dead. But I want to unpack this truth just a little bit. Time's running out on me again. But I want you to see something. There were two people in his company, both believers. Both had spent time with him. But the one person agreed to certain doctrine, but still didn't believe. Hello. Let it never be found amongst us that we believe in healing, but never receive it. Something's wrong with that picture. Now, I don't want you to get under condemnation. You believe in God for uh, full resurrection power of his life. What I'm saying is keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep declaring. Look at your body. Speak to it. Frame it according to God's word, not according to what it's currently telling you. So, because that resurrection life, there are two meanings. One is a literal resurrection from the dead. That's a literal one. But the figurative one is a recovery of spiritual truth. You must get this. It is so important. It's a moral recovery. This is what happens to us when Jesus comes. It's a moral recovery of spiritual truth. And it leads us in one direction. It leads us into the intimacy with Father God. Until you know His voice. And when He speaks, you stand. You can stand. Why? Because you have listened to Jesus and allowed the Holy Ghost to build your life upon the rock. The redemptive revelation of the resurrection life and power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Got it? The Bible says in Proverbs 5 verse 21, just in case that's not substantial enough, I'm going to go through three more scriptures, four actually, to give you four more scriptures. How many of you remember the yellow pages? You should let your fingers do the walking through your pages. The young adults don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But you guys that look like me, you remember that. Amen. Even that became obsolete. Amazing, hey? So let's go to Proverbs 5.21 in your Bible. Turn with your Bible. Proverbs 5.21. Proverbs 5.21. Good Lord, I'm in Psalms here. Proverbs 5.21. And I want you to see this. Remember what we just said about the resurrection and the life. And if you read Martha's life, and her interaction and dialogue with Jesus, then you will begin to see how this pans out in Proverbs 5, verse 21. Now, we're not, we're not on Martha's case. It was just a typical example of what can happen in every believer's life, in a church, in a family, etc. For the ways of man are before the Lord. I don't know where God is. 
Well, the Bible tells me your ways are before the Lord. Well, I'm not hearing from God. Well, the Bible tells me your ways are before the Lord and He is pondering your way. That's what the Bible says. Which one are you going to believe? Your circumstances or that God is pondering your way? Not judging. Come on, family. Read the Bible. It'll set you free. Read the Bible with the eyes of the kingdom. Let me tell you what that pondering means. It means to roll flat and to prepare a road before you. Just in case you think God isn't interested in your little life. Can you see, family? I get mad with the devil. And I stop short of being mad with God's people for being so ignorant. The Bible says, He ponders my path. He is intimately involved with what I am doing. Can you see? Come on, let's put some more scripture in here. Bible says he'll confirm it by two or three witnesses. Now, I still love you dearly. Bless your little hearts. Come on. John 14, verse 12. I do not want to see the church living as beggars. And I'm not just talking materially. I don't know if God loves me anymore. Please, for God's sake, He loves you. He's never going to stop. He can't stop. He can't change. He doesn't change. Come on. Proverbs 14, verse 12. We're nearly done. There is a way that seems right to man. No, you see, what I, no, I hear you, Pastor Craig, but what I want to show you is, but, that's when I want to kick your butt. <laughs> Listen, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Yeah. There is a way There was somebody else that spoke about a way. Who was it? Jesus. I am the way. I am the way. There's always an alternative. The enemy will always give you a substitute. Always. That's the best he can do. Throw a few apples around the church. And because of the spirit of lack, they want to eat it. Anyway, that went over somebody's head. (laughs) Proverbs 16, verse 2. Proverbs 16, verse 2. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. Let me help you. Let me help you. 
Now let me finish the scripture. But the Lord weighs the spirits. Small, yes, not Holy Ghost. Other spirits. Man's spirit. Other spirits. Let me read that again. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. If the Lord tells you to go and live in Cape Town, the first thing He'll tell you is where you, where's your church? Not where's your job? I might as well just tell that to you. Now you're really going to be mad and your roast lamb won't taste the same. Because some of you were planning to go somewhere, but you didn't have a church. He doesn't send you to a job. He sends you to a place to feed your spirit, to give you the faith for the job. Hello? He's very specific, God. That's why he says those that are planted by the rivers of water, local church, will bring forth fruit in their season and their leaf will not wither. And whatever they do shall prosper. I taught my kids from a young age. I said, if you're always going to run, you go with you. Wherever you, I'm, I could, uh, when I was growing up, they used to say this, I could just sit on an island by myself. Yes, the problem is you with you. Because you're actually running away from yourself. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, I'm preaching real good now. I'm not getting too many amens. Verse 25. Verse 25, look at this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Again, another scripture. So we've just looked at four scriptures that speak about God interested in our life. And so let's, let's put it all together and suffocate it with man's plans with this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So we establish through the Word of God Christ's way. Then we get the life and the truth to help us in our way as we walk in the ways of the Lord. Can you see this? I mean, it's not difficult. It's actually very simple. So the revelation of the authority from Matthew 16, verse 19, it's extremely important in those forms of keys because what it does is it unlocks the certainty of your future. Hello. Quiet in this early ghost house. I am absolutely sure and have been for years about my future. I know exactly what God wants from me. Why? Because I spend time with Him. Many hours. Working, when I was working for a boss, same thing. Because that's where He speaks to me. No, I know, I, I understand that, but I, I'm not too sure. Okay, let me give you too sure. I'm going to give you very sure. The Word. 
However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, has he come? Yes. Are you born again? Yes. He's come. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. I'm not so sure about my future. I said he will guide you into all truth. You don't know my upbringing, my education. I said he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears from the throne room of God, that shall he speak. You should never, never have anxiety about your future. What if they kill us with COVID? You go to heaven, Nana. What's the difference? It's fine. We wouldn't be able to get you back from there. You wouldn't allow us to pray you back. Come on, family. The future. Sickness and disease, it's not God's way. It's not his plan. I have hereditary. You are a new creature in Christ. The old has passed away. You are now born of the Spirit of God. The very life of God is in your cells. Come on, family. This is the truth. Not what you feel. We're going to close up now. What about anxiety and discontentment? I'm so discontent. That's because you have no true vision. If you had true vision, you wouldn't be discontent. I'm not discontent. Well, we're not you. Well, God told you to write the vision so that you may read it and run by it. How do you run by it? By faith. It's not your theory, your plan. It's his vision. And his vision is full of joy. There may be times where you have to really believe, but thank you, Lord. Romans 5, 5 says, you will triumph. You will always overcome because faith triumphs in trial. Can you see, family? I'm not belittling adverse circumstances in your life. I'm saying stop feeding it. You keep feeding it, it's going to keep growing. What about financial lack? Well, there's a thing that um, uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland taught us decades ago, um, and it was this, the grant. It's called the grant. Works very easily. What is a grant? Are you English speaking? I don't know how I say this in Zulu. <laughs> what is the grant? Imali. Imali. <laughs> Are you with me? What is a grant? If somebody gives you a grant, they pay for your university or your studies. That's a grant. And a grant you never pay back. You don't have to pay it back. So God has a financial grant. Did you know that? 
Where? I'm able to pour out. More that you can ask or think. There's Malachi and Ephesians in one. Are you with me? Far more exceedingly abundantly. Oh Lord, this time. Oof. It's just going. But I want you to see this. So every year comes around and I'll say to the Lord, what do you want for the budget, whether it's the business or the churches or our personal life? In other words, I'm asking him, how much do you want to give me? (laughs) I'm not being frivolous. This works. I've been doing this for decades. I've been doing this for a long time. I say, I don't look at the economy. I look at God. How much do you want to give me? How much? So I'm busy with budgets for the business. I'm busy with budgets for the church. Oh yes, I know how to get your money. I just go to God. He gets your money to this church. That's right. That's how it works. My faith, if your faith is not strong, my faith will draw your money right out of your pocket. Now I've really upset you. This church is on budget. Actually, it's over budget. Come on. Come on. Why? Because we don't pressurise you for money. We let the Word go. Every Sunday we let the Word go. And the Word works. And if you align yourself with the Word, bing, something starts to happen. Come on. So there's a grant. And the grant works on the basis. Ask God. He gives you the number. Then you believe for the whole year for that number. I've lived like this for many, many years. He's never let me down. I don't know how he does it. His word works. That's all I know. That's all I believe. I don't look at whether Ramaphosa is looking at economic growth or destruction. Doesn't matter. God's going to do it one way or another. Okay. 2 Corinthians 4. Two more scriptures. 2 Corinthians 4. Man, I tell you, when you walk out of here, you should blow the hell out of everything because you've got enough scripture for this. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. Do you know that faith has a fragrance? I did just drop that out there. Is it in the Bible? No, but I can smell it. When I'm with people, I can smell faith. There's something that comes on people that are walking in faith. Just for the record, when you live in faith, there'll be an oozing of confidence out of your life. It's not arrogance. Because if you get into arrogance, the Lord will pop the bubble. Amen. Amen. 2 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. The word of life. Paul says, can we, you and I, can we say this? 
one day. If Jesus tarries and we're lying on our bed, we know we're going to go and we've blessed our family and we're just waiting for the angel to come and say, how's it, we're going now. <laughs> Can we say to our family, I fought the good fight of faith. I'm finished, I'm ready to go. God bless you.